Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey guys, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. I'm so excited that you're back with us this week, ready to learn more about nutrition and macronutrients. We're continuing on with our series all about macronutrients. Our first week we started off with protein. I taught you all about protein, how valuable protein is for our body, how most of us women do not eat enough protein actually to be thriving and feeling our absolute best. And then last week we talked about fats and what healthy fats actually mean and how many of us might actually be eating healthy fats wrong. So if you missed either of those two episodes, definitely make sure to go back and catch up just so that you're all in the know with the macronutrients. Now, today we are continuing on with our macronutrient series talking about carbohydrates today. And I'm going to be flying solo. Scott is not with us this time, but that's okay. You and I are going to have a really great conversation together, just diving in deep with carbs because I know carbs can just be It's really tricky macronutrient, especially lately. So we're going to talk all about that. Now, I want to remind you guys that if all of this is tricky for you, if all of this feels really difficult, like I don't know how to put these meals together. I don't know what this actually looks like on a plate. I understand what you're saying, Megan, but how does this look for breakfast? Like how does this translate to my lunch, to my snack? What am I supposed to do with this information? If you feel like you're just stuck and you're not sure how to make this happen in real life, I can help you, okay? There are several ways that I can help you and one of the easiest ways is to go download one of my meal plans, okay? If you head to strongmamas.com slash meal plans, all one word, you're gonna find a bunch of meal plans that you can choose for that are designed for the different body types so that it's not just cookie cutter meal plans. They're actually customized for what your goals might be and how you need to be eating food, not just for the broad population. We are going to get into that a little bit more detail today on today's episode about carbohydrates. So it's going to be a little bit more clear of which meal plan you should choose. And they're really affordable, guys. You get one entire month of meals completely laid out for you complete with a grocery list too, so that you don't have to sit there and look at these meals and be like, oh, now I got to figure out what to buy at the grocery store. No, each week comes with a grocery list as well so that you can just print it off, walk into the store or hop on ClickList and have your food delivered or picked up. Whatever makes your life easier because that's what I want to do. I want to make healthy eating easier for you so it's not such a hassle. Okay, so head over to strongmamas.com slash meal plans and select the meal plan that works best for you. 
Also, guys, I want to thank you so much for all of your ratings and reviews. They are helping this show out tremendously. Every week, we're getting more and more people listening to the Strong Mamas podcast, which is awesome. So I want to highlight recently Farm Girl Jen, and I know who you are. Farm Girl Jen just mentioned, I love this podcast. I am so grateful for Megan's insight and wisdom in the arena of nutrition and fitness. Listening to this podcast and becoming part of her coaching program has helped set me free from some lies and bondage that I have been enslaved to for years. Praising God for her Christ-centered perspective. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to leave that review. And I want to encourage you guys to, if you have not done that yet, head on over to iTunes. iTunes is usually where the reviews are happening, actually. If you're not on iTunes, it's okay. There's lots of other ways for you to listen, obviously. But if you could head to iTunes and hit some stars just to leave us a good rating or write a review too, I would be forever grateful. Okay, let me ask you, when was the last time that you got together with a bunch of girlfriends? Maybe for like a happy hour or a girl's night out, maybe an evening Bible study. I mean, I know that we're still kind of in the middle of the COVID crisis, so it might have been a long time and I'm sure you're craving it right now, but think back to when you got together with a bunch of girlfriends. Chances are, especially in a bit in a group of women, whether it's four women or 12, A handful of them are going to start mentioning and talking about whatever style of eating they've been doing or whatever diet they might be adhering to at any given moment, right? The conversation almost always comes around to that. Usually they're going to say something like, I'm doing the -the fill-in-the-blank diet and I can't have this, this, and this with this diet. Or they might say, I'm just trying to stay away from such and such right now. Or they might have some other description of their latest restrictive style of eating. They're not going to say that, right? They're going to say, well, I cut out this or I'm trying to eat like that right now. And usually they'll follow that up with a particular justification for why this is a good way to do it and then what they're hoping to accomplish by this, right? And this is totally familiar, totally you know, common happy hour girls get together talk, right? Side note, what I find is really funny um, is that if I'm standing there, people know who I am, obviously, and people know what my philosophy, usually they'll know what my philosophy about eating is and my approach to eating. And they usually feel hyper obliged to justify their diet. You know, they'll start mentioning like, well, I've been trying to cut out this, this, and this, but it's okay. I know you're not really into it. Like, I know you don't really like extreme things, but I'm going to try it. I know you're not going to like this. It's, it's kind of funny because they know what my approach to eating is and they feel a little bad. Like, I know, I know this isn't the right thing to do, but I'm going to try it anyway. So whether I'm there or not, regardless, this is pretty common talk, right? Girls get together and talk about the way that they've been eating. And usually lately, it's something that's low carb, cutting out sugar, or a keto style, right? Nobody's eating high carb right now. 
you know, you get together with the girls and nobody's like, guys, I'm trying this new thing. It's called the high carb diet. <laughs> that would be so countercultural at this moment in time. Nobody's doing that. It's all the low carb, you know, the low sugar, the keto style. So that's the trend right now. And today we are diving in. We are going to talk all about carbs and I need you to listen up. Just like the macronutrient that we learned about last week, which was fat, okay, and maybe even more so with carbs now, I need you to know that carbs are not the bad guy. I think with all of these happy hour conversations, when we chit-chat among our girlfriends, what we don't realize is happening is that certain food categories are starting to develop a very negative association. And we start to feel like, especially right now in this time, that carbohydrates are bad. And I mean, while it is true that many health-related issues and even weight-related issues can be connected with over-consuming carbohydrates, the same can be said about over-consuming anything. You do anything to the extreme and it's going to have, it's going to backfire. It's going to have an adverse effect. Now, if you look back in the 90s, dietary fat was the bad guy. That was the thing. Everybody was trying to avoid fat. And this was the thing you were eating that was preventing you from losing weight and getting the body of your dreams, right? So everything was low fat, non-fat, you know, low fat this, this is non-fat that. Now the tides have turned and carbohydrates are the evil thing. This is the thing that we're all trying to avoid. Carbs are the thing that are preventing you from losing weight and getting the body of your dreams. It first came on the scenes with the Atkins diet way early on in the 2000s. And everybody thought he was quack at that time. Do you remember? Did you have any friends that were doing the Atkins diet way back in the day? And everybody's like, what? You can like put ranch on everything and just lather everything up with butter, like really, really high fat and zero carbs. That seems crazy. But now a huge portion of the population are doing this and they're singing that same tune. They're just calling it eating low carb, eating low sugar, or even eating keto style. Okay, and there's obviously extremes in there. I would say the true ketogenic diet is on the very far extreme end of the spectrum. We're not going to go into the ketogenic diet today. I just want to teach you about carbs, you guys. And my desire for you is not only to be balanced with your nutrition, but also to be balanced and wise and discerning in your mind. We have to recognize that extreme approaches to eating, whatever side of the fence they land on, whether it's with fat, whether it's with carbs, whether it's with anything, any extreme approach to eating ultimately may not help us in the long run. You might feel and see and get quick results, but I care about the long run. Are you going to be doing this five years from now? Is this something that you can do for 10 years for the rest of your life? That is what I care about. And it requires discernment. It requires looking at all of these styles of eating, being able to step back and be wise and say, I can, I can put all the pros and cons in their separate baskets And I'm going to make a clear 
wise decision here. I love what it says in Proverbs 15, 14. It says, the discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. I think it's hilarious, honestly, that it's talking about eating there. (laughs) Kind of fitting. But it's this idea that if you're truly, if you want to be wise and have a discerning heart, you're going to seek after knowledge. But if you want to be a fool, you're just feeding and eating on whatever is coming your way. There's no discernment there. And then once again in Philippians 1, 9, and 10, it says, This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. I love applying that to every single section of our life. And eating is definitely a section of our life where many of us have forgotten to be wise and discerning. And I want to change that for you, okay? So this is ultimately my prayer. I want you to have the wisdom to determine what is folly and even foolish thinking. I want you to see the extreme, the damaging and unhealthy behaviors and attitudes that surround food. And I want you to have your eyes wide open and to have that discerning heart when it comes to the way that you eat. And honestly, you guys, I need you to see that demonization of entire food categories produces a lot of things. Yes, if you put all the carbs in the bad guy basket, you might get some immediate results and physical changes. You can do that with anything. You cut out anything, you're going to have some results. But what else happens? One thing that happens when you do that, when you demonize any entire food group, you create the forbidden fruit mentality. That always happens. Suddenly, you really, you now really, really want that thing that's suddenly off limits, right? Happens every time. You fixate on it because now you know you can't have it. The other thing that, it hap- that happens when you demonize entire food categories, is that it really perpetuates that yo-yo dieting because it's so extreme, you can't sustain it. And so you're like, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to cut out all carbs and you can do it for like two weeks. And then suddenly you're at an Italian restaurant where there's pasta and bread and you're like, ah, forget it. And so you're off. So you're, you're on again, off again, on again, because it is so extreme. And honestly, putting entire food groups into these bad categories, it's unrealistic. In most practical situations, you are way too busy and too overwhelmed with life as it is to try to be completely avoiding one entire food group, (laughs) right? It's just way too hard and too unrealistic. And unfortunately, doing this also continues to foster a very bad unhealthy relationship with food you start to see foods as bad as evil and i don't want that for you okay what we need to do especially with carbs okay is that we need to gain a clear understanding of how they work in our bodies and when and how we can eat them so that carbs do actually serve our bodies best this episode is not about 10 tips on how to avoid carbs or 16 low carb recipes or the magic of a low carb diet, you know, the furthest thing from that. Okay. Instead, I want to teach you that all of our bodies are different. 
Not everyone processes and handles carbohydrates the same way, and we each have our own carbohydrate needs, okay? I also want to teach you that one person may need and thrive on a diet that's actually quite high in carbohydrates, while someone else is going to feel their absolute best when they eat less of them. And I want to teach you how to start tweaking and adjusting your own carbohydrate intake in your own meals so that you can start feeling your best too. Okay, so that is what we are going to do today. All right, so what are carbohydrates and which foods actually fall into that carbohydrate category? Carbohydrates essentially are compound molecules that when broken down, when the bonds of those molecules are pulled apart, they produce energy and heat, okay? Carbohydrates are our body's simplest and most available form of energy in our bodies. It's the preferred source. And in fact, when your body goes to use some of your fat molecules for energy, which is great, fat is another, it's a higher energy source than carbohydrates, it actually needs to convert those fat molecules into carbohydrate first so that the fats can be used for energy. So it's the carbohydrate compound, that molecule that is the preferred energy source in your body, okay? And these types of molecules, so carbohydrates, are found in fruits and vegetables, okay? I think we don't realize that. Vegetables are carbohydrates, so are fruits. They're also found in grains and cereals, okay, like oats and barley, rice, wheat, corn, and even includes like refined and processed versions of all of that. So like refined corn, refined wheat, where we get our flour. Potatoes are also primarily carbohydrate. Same with legumes like beans and lentils. And then, of course, we have sugars, refined sugars. This also includes like honey and maple syrup. Okay, so all of those things are primarily carbohydrates. They will have a little bit of the other macronutrients, but those are what are making up our, the carbohydrates that we eat. Now, before we go any further, we need to talk real quick about carbohydrate storage because this is going to be really helpful to understand where the carbs go once they come into your body, once you eat them. Ideally, it would be really great if all the carbs that we eat could be used for our energy needs immediately. And this is the case when you're moving a lot and you have a lot of energy needs and your body's like, oh, there's more. Okay, there's more. Let's use it. Let's go. That would be awesome if every carbohydrate that enters our bloodstream gets to be used for energy. But that's not always the case, and our bodies were designed to handle that, and that's okay. If we don't need the carbs right away, our body does a pretty cool thing, and it's actually going to put those unused carbs away like on layaway. Think of it like layaway. Nobody does layaway anymore just because we've got like... Amazon Instant, right? But back in the day, I remember growing up, you know, you'd go to Mervyn's and you'd pick out your entire summer or your your school wardrobe and instead of paying for it right then, you'd put it on layaway, okay? So you're not using it yet, but you've reserved it. That happens with carbs. So they're going to be set in storage until the time comes for you to use them again. The first place it will put them is your liver, Okay, and it's packaged in your liver as called, it's called liver glycogen. 
I'm sure you've heard, you might've heard of liver glycogen before. When carbohydrates are packaged and put into storage in your liver, that's what it's called, okay? If that is full, if your liver glycogen is full, and actually that liver glycogen is great because that's your body's like first place it's gonna go grab immediate energy that it might need. So it's really helpful when your liver glycogen is full. But if it is full, the next place is it's going to turn to your muscles and say, hey, do you guys have any room? And it's going to fill up your muscle glycogen. Now, if those are all full or if your storage containers there in your muscle aren't very big, maybe your body's like, no, we, we never really need that much energy in our muscles. Then it's going to say, OK, let's just convert it into fat and put it in fat storage. So this concept of storage is gonna be really helpful and important when we talk about workout nutrition and timing your carbohydrates for workout recovery. So hold on to this thought about carb storage, okay? Now, the question I get asked a lot is, are all carbs created equal? No, they're not. They don't all behave the same way when you eat them, okay? So a carbohydrate that's coming from broccoli versus a carbohydrate that's coming from like a lollipop, those are very different types of carbs. And it's really helpful to understand the difference between what are called simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates. You might already know this. This might not be unfamiliar to you. So carbs can be either simple or complex based on how many sugar molecules are connected together. So simple carbohydrates, these have very few molecules connected together, and they actually require very minimal work to break down. They're just not very long chains of carbs. And they're usually found in refined grains and sugars. So these type of carbs enter your bloodstream very quickly because it didn't take very long to break them down. And then that usually signals your insulin because your insulin is kind of like the taxi service for carbohydrates. They kind of, or maybe the Uber driver, they go around and pick up carbs and put them where they need to go. Now, if carbs enter your bloodstream really quickly, like all the Uber drivers get a lot of signals and they go grab it really quick and they they try to find a place to put it right away. And that's either going to be the liver glycogen first. If that's full, it's going to go to the muscle glycogen. If that's full, it's going to go to your fat storage. So those are the three areas that it might put it right away with the simple carbs because they enter real fast. Now we have complex carbs. Complex carbs have a lot more molecules connected together. They require a lot more work to break down. It's a much longer process. And these are generally found in things like whole grains and legumes and then your produce like fruits and vegetables. Since digestion takes longer with these because it's just so much more work to break them down, These carbs kind of slowly trickle into the bloodstream, like kind of one at a time, and they're not going to spike those insulin numbers quite so much. Like your insulin Uber drivers, you're going to get a couple of them to call. Like a few of them are going to show up and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I know what to do with that. And then they go about their job. It's just a much more, it's just a much more organized and efficient process. The bonus with these types of complex carbohydrates too is that they generally contain more vitamins and minerals, okay? So it's kind of like, awesome. They they do really great things for your body. 
So I use the term, so, so that gives you the difference between simple and complex carbohydrates. Now I use the term starchy carbohydrates a lot. And if you've been following me for any amount of time, you've probably heard me mention starchy carbohydrates. So what does this mean? Okay, not to make this more confusing <laughs> or anything, but there's a bit of a sliding scale with carbohydrates. So on one end, you've got vegetables, right? Which are the good, complex carbohydrates, very complex. And then on the other end of the scale, you've got refined white bread and like even straight up white sugar, right? So super simple carbohydrate. And then you've got everything in between on that sliding scale. So even whole grain rice and beans and potatoes, which are good, they are unprocessed, complex carbohydrates. So they're more complex. They're going to be towards the vegetable end of that sliding scale. They happen to be a little bit starchier and more quickly broken down than a vegetable is going to be. So even though these are good and healthy and have some great nutrients, because they're a bit starchier, they might need to be handled differently than, say, broccoli, okay? So we do have these categories of starchier carbohydrates that while they do have good, healthy nutrients to them, some people need to be a little bit more conscientious about when and how they eat starchier forms of carbohydrates. But listen, in general, it's just best to stay away from simple carbs that are refined and just save those for splurge situations. So when we see the one side of the scale or the other end of the spectrum where it's really simple, refined sugar, refined flours, refined grains, I mean, think like candy, desserts, treats. You got like sugary drinks and bagels and like white flour bread, like those types of things. Just keep in mind that these foods are going to trigger your insulin like crazy and it's going to want to put them somewhere right away. And it will probably also sabotage your energy levels just because your little insulin Uber drivers go grab it real quickly and suddenly your blood sugar levels just tank. And so these types of foods, those refined, simple carbs, really should be kept for very, very special occasions and not eaten very often at all. And I think we know that, but sometimes it's helpful to know why. Okay, so here's a really a good little extra credit trick for you. If the food you're eating has a label on it, which hopefully you're not eating a whole lot of foods that actually have labels on them, but if it does, take a peek at the sugar content, okay? So look for total grams of sugar on the nutrition facts. The fewer grams of sugar, the better. And if it has less than five grams of sugar, that's pretty good, actually. You might be really surprised at how much sugar or simple carbs are found in some of your regular foods, like yogurt, granola bars, a lot of protein bars. It's kind of shocking how much sugar is in those. So now you know why eating vegetables, which are complex carbohydrates, are a much, much better snack and a much better source of carbohydrate than, for example, like the granola bar which is usually full of simple carbohydrates. All right, so now there's something called carb tolerance. And this is where we start to get a little bit more individualized because not everyone's body tolerates or handles carbohydrates the same way. 
Some bodies have really, really great carbohydrate tolerance, meaning that they can eat just about any type of carbohydrate, even the more simple sugary kinds of carbohydrates, and it doesn't necessarily spike their insulin. It doesn't mess with their energy levels, even their mood swings, and and they really just don't feel any of those negative health impacts when they eat a diet that happens to be a little bit higher in carbohydrates. Usually this is the body type of more of an ectomorph, someone who is categorized as kind of naturally slender and slim. These people generally have higher metabolism as it is and typically have great carbohydrate tolerance. But not just ectomorphs, even extremely fit and athletic people that have trained their bodies to tolerate carbs well can be this way too. And this comes through years of good and proper carbohydrate intake. They didn't do any extremes, no like high carb, low carb, you know, they're kind of even keel, middle of the road. And they always made sure that the carbohydrates that they did eat were high quality carbohydrates. And then also they have excellent physical conditioning. So these people, even though they might not be a genetic ectomorph, could probably tolerate carbs better than most. However, some bodies do not have very good carbohydrate tolerance, meaning that if they eat carbohydrates, especially those simple forms of carbohydrates, and even any type of those like starch carbohydrates, you know, even like any kind of bread, even if it's like a whole grain bread, or if it's a potato, you know, an unprocessed potato, even that, it has a very negative impact on them. And their energy feels all whacked out, their body like immediately likes to store those carbs, and just their insulin gets goes a little crazy with that. And the body type that feels this way the most is generally the endomorph body type. This is the body type where you usually feel a little stockier, your limbs are a little thicker, maybe a little more curvy, and you feel like your metabolism is on the slower end of the spectrum. But often, individuals of any body type, you don't have to be an endomorph, Any body type that has spent years eating carbs inappropriately, so maybe too many processed, too many refined carbohydrates, too much sugar, and then you combine that with a bunch of really poor exercise habits and even really terrible stress management, you know, we throw a bunch of stress into the mix, all of these lifestyle choices can affect your body's ability to tolerate carbohydrates. So the question I get asked a lot is, can you change your body's carb tolerance? And the good news is yes. Even genetic endomorphs, okay, can over time alter the way that their body handles carbohydrates. And they might start to feel less sensitive to them. Maybe they can have a meal that's higher in carbohydrates and not feel like it affects them so dramatically. Their body is just more forgiving. And this comes... Over time, you eat carbs well, okay? You eat good, complex carbs when the timing is appropriate. And it also comes by doing high-intensity physical activity, which actually makes your insulin respond better to the carbohydrates that you do eat. So it's a kind of a two-pronged approach, actually three-pronged. I need to throw stress in there too. If you work on good stress management strategies, That's going to help your carb tolerance also. So by eating carbs well, eating them appropriately, avoiding those simple 
simple forms of carbohydrates and primarily getting your carbs from fruits and vegetables and some whole grains and exercising well over time that can definitely change your body's carbohydrate tolerance. But on the flip side, even genetic ectomorphs can alter the way their body handles carbs too. Like I said, if they eat a poor diet and they live a sedentary lifestyle pretty soon, their metabolism has slowed down, they realize they're not so carb tolerant anymore. So yes, we start out with kind of this genetic disposition, but our lifestyle makes a really, really big difference. So I don't want you to feel like, well, shoot, I'm just an endomorph and there's nothing I can do about it. I'm never going to be able to eat bread again. That is so not true. Don't think of it that way. It just requires discipline and understanding what's going on. So what to do? (laughs) This is what you really want to know, right? So we can actually make those starchier forms of carbohydrates, okay? Not the, not the vegetables, but the, the potatoes, the rice, the grains, those ones, we can make them work better for us. And the way to go about it is to eat them when the timing is right. And that all depends on your personal body type and your own goals. And this is where it gets fun. This is when we can get more individualized. And I will say, if you're really not sure about your own body type, first of all, make sure to go back and listen to the body type series. We did it last summer. We we dedicated a whole episode to ectomorph and then mesomorph and endomorph. That is going to clear things up for you really, really well. But even still, you might not know. If you don't know, then just go with what your goals are, okay? Think in your mind, what is my goal? What am I trying to accomplish? And then eat like that. So situation number one, okay? Are you perhaps a little rounder, maybe more stockier? Maybe you would put yourself in that endomorph category. Maybe you tend to carry more body fat around your middle. Maybe you feel like you have quite a few pounds to lose. Your metabolism has slowed down. You've And you've altered your lifestyle over years where you're not operating at your absolute best and absolute healthiest. Then I want you to be sure and eat the starchier forms of carbohydrates only on a sweaty workout day, okay? So if you had a workout that day that made you sweat, it was hot, it was high intensity, you know, whether you were lifting weights or you went for a sprint workout, you know, something that was hard and sweaty, eat the starchier carbohydrates, so those types of carbohydrates on that day, and preferably at the meal that's closest to that workout. Just one serving though, okay? The rest of your meals should be full of protein, should be full of vegetables, and healthy fats. So you might have days where you don't work out, right? Because I doubt you're working out every day. In fact, I hope you're not working out every day. But on the days that you don't work out, well, then you're probably going to do better if you stick to just your pros, protein and produce and and then the healthy fat, and you leave out the carbs on those days or what I call the starchy carbs. You're not, let me be clear, you guys, just side note real quick. You're not eating low carb like this. You're getting carbohydrates from fruits and vegetables, okay? I, I need you to be eating those. But if your goal is you've got a few pounds to lose, you want to get a little leaner, 
you feel like you're more of the endomorph body type, then you're probably going to feel best if you limit your carbohydrate intake to that meal that happens the closest to your sweaty workout, okay? Second scenario, are you perhaps a little bit more muscular, maybe more of that mesomorph body type? Maybe you don't have as much fat that you feel like you need to lose, but you still want to feel a little bit leaner and faster and just tighten things up a little bit. Then go ahead and have one serving of these more starchier forms of carbohydrates every day. And you may even benefit from another serving at the meal that's closest to your workouts, okay? So maybe just one or two servings per day. Not every meal, but some of the meals. And this is personally where I land. I'm definitely a mesomorph. I don't have body composition goals. But I can tell if I don't have starchy carbs, I can feel it. I can feel my energy waning and I can feel like uh, my... My workouts just aren't feeling awesome, but if I have it at every meal, I I, don't, I feel that too. So I I personally feel like I do best kind of right in the middle at having them once a day, maybe twice a day, especially on a sweaty workout day. Okay, scenario number three. Are you perhaps lean and maybe thin like an ectomorph? And maybe you care a little bit more about building muscle and getting stronger and growing then you should try and have one serving of starchier carbohydrates with most of your meals of the day. So with breakfast, with lunch, with dinner. Okay, so that ends up being three or four servings over the course of the day. So that's our third scenario. Fourth scenario, are you perhaps pregnant right now or maybe even breastfeeding? then you you can fall somewhere between those last two categories where you're having starchier carbohydrates with most of the meals, but maybe not all of them, especially if you're in a situation where you feel like you would like to lose some body fat too. And you may need to play with this and make some adjustments based on your energy, based on your milk supply, maybe even based on your nausea. We talked about this a lot in the episode on nutrition during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Um, So go back and listen to that one if you need to. When I say one serving of starchier carbohydrate, what does that mean? That equates to one of your handfuls. If you take one hand, let's say rice, okay? Take one hand and scoop out a scoop of rice. That is one serving and that's cooked rice. That could be a scoop of quinoa, a scoop of lentils and beans, that is one serving. If it's bread, it's about one piece of bread, okay? So that is one serving. Just so we're clear when I say, hey, you can have one serving with each meal, or when I say, hey, you should probably just have one serving per day at that meal that's closest to your workout, that's what we're talking about. Oh, like one tortilla is good too. When you are having these servings of the starchier forms of carbohydrates, please focus and please make sure that you're sticking with mostly whole grain varieties, more of the complex end of the spectrum, and staying away from refined processed versions, okay? So starchy carbs are fine. They're okay, you guys, right? You just need to eat them at the right time for what you're trying to accomplish personally, okay? Now, what about workout nutrition and carb loading? I'm sure you've heard of carb loading, and I remember 
Years ago, I was running marathons and I had no clue, really. And I remember my first first half marathon, I didn't even think about my nutrition the entire time I was training. I was just focusing on running. And then the night before my race, I tried to eat as many carbs as I possibly could. And in my mind, that was carb loading. And I think a lot of people are still doing that. That's carb loading done wrong. (laughs) Do not do that. You will have the most miserable race of your life, okay? So in the peri-workout period, that means the time right before, the time during, and immediately following a workout, this is the best time to eat carbohydrates that are a little bit starchier. I mentioned that with the endomorph body type, trying to eat your serving of starchier carbohydrates around that sweaty workout session. This is because your insulin, those insulin Uber drivers, they are operating at their absolute best. They're more sensitive, they've got their radar way up, they're not asleep on the job, okay? And in fact, the more intense and challenging the workout is, the more important your carbohydrate replenishment is. So the longer your workout, the harder it is, the more important it is for you to actually purposefully eat a meal that is a little bit higher in carbohydrates because that is going to refill those muscle glycogen stores. We talked about muscle glycogen, right? That's one of the storage places that your body is going to put your packages of carbohydrates. When you do a hard workout, it's going to deplete those muscle glycogen stores. We want to fill them back up. Usually, if they get totally depleted with a workout, when you fill it back up purposefully, it usually fills up a little bit bigger. Just like training your body, getting stronger, you usually can add a little bit, a few more molecules of glycogen in over time. Now our muscle glycogen store has been replenished following that workout and your next workout is going to feel better and even more energetic. So carb loading done right is not the night before eat as many carbs as you can. You have to carb load over time with those intense workouts that deplete the glycogen and then you're strategically refilling it with every single session. You cannot do it the night before, okay? It does not work that way. You have to deplete your glycogen first and then keep replenishing it and trying to get it to replenish a little bit more each time, okay? Now, what actually replenishes that muscle glycogen? If you have a meal within about an hour, maybe two hours following your workout, that has one serving of starchier carbohydrates in it. And actually, the more simple the carbohydrate, the more quickly you're going to be replenishing your muscle glycogen. Okay? Okay, take a deep breath. I just threw a ton of carbohydrate information at you, right? Hopefully, things are feeling like, okay, I have a better handle on carb loading, on workout nutrition, on how I'm supposed to eat for my own body, okay? But let's look at it a little differently. I want to keep helping you with this because I want you to really understand good and appropriate carbohydrate intake. So let's look at it a little differently from a different angle. And I know that this is going to be super helpful. So I want to take kind of the common sources of carbohydrates and place them into three separate categories. 
one, the first category is often and anytime. Okay. Eat these carbohydrates, eat them often, and you can eat them anytime. The second category is strategically, eat them strategically. Okay. A little bit more thought. You can't have them often and anytime. You just got to eat them more strategically. The third category is rarely. All right. So often and anytime carbs, and these are for everyone, veggies, especially leafy green vegetables, broccoli, tomatoes, carrots, onions, cucumbers, you name it. If it's in the vegetable department of the produce section, have at it. Often, anytime, eat them often, all right? Next thing is peas, okay? Peas, that is a good protein source as well, and it's not very starchy, okay? So eat peas often and anytime. Now we're starting to work down the list a little bit. Beans come next. Legumes and even most fruits. These are in the often and anytime category. However, these ones I'm going to put a little asterisk next to. These tend to be a little bit more carb dense, okay? The beans, the legumes, and and especially really sugary fruits. Just be sure to not overeat them. Don't overdo it with those ones. Okay, so that's your often and anytime category. Next category is the strategically, as in the post-workout meal or if your own specific body type or situation allows for it. So these are going to be your sprouted or whole grain breads and pastas. This is also going to be corn. This will also be like yams and sweet potatoes and pumpkin and squashes this will also be quinoa and barley and other whole grains. This is, this is going to be oats and rice. So these ones are in the strategic category. This is where your body type comes into play. These are our more starchier forms of car- carbohydrates. Now the very rarely category, this, this is what follows. And, and if so, if you're going to eat these, preferably try to eat it after a workout just because, you know, your insulin is going to handle it a little bit better, but you do need to count these as a splurge, okay? This is desserts. This is fruit juice. This is a processed carbohydrate of any kind, okay? So especially like white grain pasta, bread, crackers, chips. This is soda. This is sports drinks. This is alcoholic beverages. And this is most commercial nutrition bars. Many of them are full of simple sugars. This is also dates and figs and raisins and other forms of dried fruit. I bet you didn't see that one coming, right? They're actually really super high in sugar. It's super concentrated sugar in dried forms of fruit. So everything I just listed should land in that very rarely category. They're not bad. They're not evil, but you just need to put them in a separate category of these count as my splurges. I, they're not off limits. I just need to eat them very rarely. So hopefully that helps kind of distinguish when it comes to carbohydrates, you've got a handful that you can eat all the time, anytime you want. You've got a handful that need a little bit more strategic placement And then a few of them that are, well, probably a lot of them that are more rarely. (sighs) Okay, so now this is where having a pre-designed meal plan comes in really handy, right? And 
I mentioned before, but I need to say it again, I've designed meal plans for each of those three different body types and and the goals that go along with them. So like with the endomorph meal plan, the meals have much fewer carbohydrates. There's a heavy emphasis on vegetables and protein and healthy fats. There's not very much fruit in there. I, I just made sure that we're really careful with the carbohydrate intake. With the mesomorph meal plan, it has a moderate amount of good, healthy, complex carbohydrates, but not not that much. And then with the ectomorph meal plan, I designed it with meals that have more carbohydrates in them so that you can really learn how to eat carbs, eat good, complex carbs well. So I want you to know why you're choosing the foods the way that you are, why you're choosing carbohydrates the way that you are, but I also know that it can be really confusing and tedious too. (laughs) So that's why the meal plans are incredibly helpful for you guys because the guesswork has been done for you. So head to strongmamas.com slash meal plans to download the one that's going to fit the best for you. And I will put that link in the show notes for sure. Okay, so carbs aren't so bad, right? Right? They serve a really great purpose in our bodies and so many of them are incredibly healthy for us. Just keep in mind the difference between simple and complex carbohydrates and even the starchier types of carbohydrates. Remember that sliding scale, right? Always, always fill up on fruits and veggies. These should be your number one source of carbohydrates. And then beyond that, make decisions based on your own body type and the goals that you have for your body and how you know that you feel best. Also, guys, please always be discerning. I I need to bring it back around to this. Pay attention to when you might be thinking extreme or diety or restrictive with food, okay? Pause and pray if you must. Ask for wisdom. I want you guys to be wise eaters. That that's my goal is for you to be wise and discerning eaters. Don't forget in James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So that is my prayer for you today. My desire and hope for you is that you will gain more wisdom and understanding and discernment around the foods that you eat, and that ultimately you will start to have a much, much better relationship with food as well. All right, you guys, that is all that we have time for this week. Thank you so much for joining me again. Next week, we're going to be back wrapping up the macro series. We're going to be talking all about alcohol. (laughs) I think we kind of need to set the record straight and dive into that. No, it's not a macronutrient, but it does have its own energy properties, so we need to cover it. Scott's going to be back. He doesn't want to miss that conversation. I know for a fact. Don't forget, you guys, take a quick minute, leave a review, rate the show. That helps so much. And if you want to, you can even take a screenshot of this episode. Tag me in it on Instagram or on Facebook at Strong Mamas or at Strong underscore Mamas on Instagram. That way I can see you. I can see that you've been listening to the show and I can get to know you better. And until next week, we'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm.